she doesn't know that this, but uh, that maybe is my favorite song of all time. My Redeemer lives. You would think she would know that, though. I mean, we're celebrating 46 years of marriage today, and 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 I don't say that for that, no. But I have to admit, I I don't know what I'm going to get her yet. I'm thinking about a toaster. What do you think? I mean, I mean, Jimmy goes, yeah. <laughs> Hey, we need one, okay? <laughs> All right, well, okay. Um, Where did he go? Where did he go? Brian Leas in prayer, please, bud. Thank you, Brian. We're going to be in Revelation again. If you want to go there, 21, we're going to try it again <laughs> in Revelation. Okay. <laughs> Continue on the, the theme of heaven. And today we're going to look at the new heaven and the new earth. That's the title of the message. Hmm. You know, last week I, I gave you an illustration of of how long eternity is and how long heaven is. And uh, I brought the little prop there and we ran the string back there. And just to kind of give you a, a visual about, about eternity and about heaven. And we know and we, I'm assuming when we think about heaven, we're thinking of, of the home of where God is. I think we think about heaven as being uh, where our Christian friends and family members are. Uh, and we know that, that those that are in heaven are, are alive. They're more alive today than they were ever down here. We think of heaven as being up there somewhere in the third heaven, it's called. And that's true. That's true. But that is not where we will spend all of eternity, up there. Up there is called Present heaven is called temporary heaven, is called intermediate heaven. But one day we read in God's word that that heaven up there will no longer be up there. That God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth right here on this planet. Interesting, we don't hear much this being taught very much. But I think I would be remiss if I talked about heaven from up here and did not include the eternity of the new heaven and the new earth. And I preach this message today 
in hopes that you're all ready to be able to get there, okay? If you look in your Bibles in Revelation 21, I want to start off with some verses that, that uh, uh, makes you think that I'm not crazy when I talk about a new heaven and a new earth, okay? Revelation 21, 1. And the Apostle John has gotten this vision from God and talking about the future. And he says in verse 1, he says, John speaking, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and and the first earth passed away, and there was no longer any sea. He says, I see a new heaven and I see a new earth. 2 Peter 3, 7, we'll put that on the board goes along with that theme. It says this, But by His Word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. I believe the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men refers to the great white throne judgment. We'll look at that here in just a minute. In 2 Peter 3.10, it says this, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens, you notice it's plural. We talked a couple of weeks ago about three, three heavens, three levels of heaven. The, the first level is our atmosphere that we live in. The second is the stars and the universe and the sun and the moon and all that kind of good stuff. And then the third heaven is where God's home is, abode, if, if you would. And the Bible says that, that uh, the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense fire. Oh, my goodness. And the earth and its works will be burned up. One day, the Bible says, God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. That he's going to burn up, if you would, the heavens. He's going to burn up the earth. I don't know about you, but that's kind of heavy thinking right there, isn't it? Those are some heavy verses. Let me give you a positive verse that ties in with that. 2 Peter 3.13. According to His promise, according to God's promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. In which righteousness dwells. One day, righteousness will dwell all over this universe. It'll be completely perfect. It will be completely complete, if you would, because righteousness will dwell everywhere. And we see that and we understand that because that verse tells us, according to His promise, according to His word. There's a song out there by C.C. Winan, I think, that she sings it and, it. and it says, He said it. And I believe it. That's pretty good theology right there. He said it. I believe it. Because we know God's never spoken a lie. We know God will do exactly what He says. We know God is faithful to the very end. Because of His promise. We've got to get to the point in our lives when we accept God's Word as being the gospel, the truth, and stand faithfully upon it. Well, when will this happen? When will the new heaven and the earth, will you and I be around? Hmm. Let me give you just a quick time frame so you, in your mind you can kind of wrap around the new heaven 
in the new earth. I believe the next event that's on the, on the calendar for God is the rapture. The Bible says that the rapture is very imminent, that there is nothing has to happen in the field of prophecy for the rapture to come. The, nothing else has to happen. It could come before we get through today. We don't know. But the rapture is going to happen. And then after the rapture, the Bible tells us there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Seven years of hell here on this earth. When God pours his wrath out upon this earth and the people of this earth. Not going to be a pretty time. At the end of the tribulation, we find that Christ comes back a second time. And we have the battle of Armageddon. And the battle of Armageddon kind of settles everything at that point. And God is in control. After that, we read about the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ here on this earth. And you and I as believers will be with him during the millennium. It will be time of almost absolute perfection here on this earth. And it's kind of like a reward, the Bible tells us, for Christians being able to live here on this earth for a thousand years and to live in a perfected society, if you would. We don't, today this whole earth has got lots of folks and lots of problems, don't we? But one day during the millennium, the Bible says we will live with him for a thousand years here, right here on this earth. After, after millennium, we find that there's going to be the great white throne judgment. Uh, nobody wants to be there, okay? Because in the great white throne judgment, the Bible says if your names are not found in the book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire, nobody's got time for that. Nobody wants that. We all must be prepared for that time that we are not a part of the great white throne judgment. And then after the great white throne judgment, I believe, is when God is going to uh, destroy, burn up this whole world, destroy the heavens, and he's going to remake it in a better, in, in a better way and, and more prosperous. Uh, it's going to be a great, great place to live as we live out eternity right here on this earth. That gives you a little bit of time frame, okay? I hope you're ready for that time to come. Uh, the Bible says that the heavens will pass away. What he's saying there is the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxy and all those light years, all of that out there will be burned up. He's going to make a change, is he not? The universe will be perfect. There'll be no more shooting stars, no more dead planets, no more asteroids buzzing the earth. We won't have to read about any of that in the National Choir anymore. Because when he, re when he remakes the universe, it will be a time of perfection. We will see God's glory and see his splendor more than we've ever seen it in the past. Because when we look out way out there into the heavens, it's going to be perfection. It's going to be where righteousness dwells. It's going to be a great time. He's also going to remake the earth. This old earth that we live in has got some issues, doesn't it? The Bible says we have some defective lifestyles here, if you would. We're living under the curse. We are living under a sinful lifestyle. As a matter of fact, the one who runs this old earth is the enemy himself, Satan, who is, who is in control of this earth. And one day God's going to come at the end of time and he's going to burn this up. And he's going to burn everything that has an attachment to sin on this earth where we sit, where we live even today. And you stop and think about it, well, what will that be? It'll be everything. Everything around us has some sort of an attachment to sin, no matter what it is. And he's going to burn it up and he's going to, and he's going to remake it. I, in my mind, I'm thinking it's kind of like a, 
somebody that has a field or a, or a yard and, and they burn off the old dead grass. And then after they burn all the old dead grass and get all that out of there, what happens? The good stuff starts to grow. And I believe that's what God's going to do one of these days where he has burned off all the, the junk of this old world. And he's going to start growing it new, going to remake it, if you would. And the grass is going to grow and the life is going to grow and will flourish and will be fruitful for an eternity. It's going to be a great time. I'm trusting in that. It's going to be a picture of the Garden of Eden. You want to know what, what the new heaven and earth is going to look like? Go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and read about that. The Garden of Eden. It's going to be the Garden of Eden on steroids. It's going to be that good, okay? Uh, we see it in, in Genesis 1 and how good it is. And God said that everything he made was what was good. And one of these days he's going to remake all that. He's going to burn all that up and going to remake it again. It's going to be good. He's going to, he's going to make it to the original perfection that it was supposed to be. And the beautiful thing about all that, when he does that for us Christians, you and I will be able to, to enjoy that for an eternity. To be able to walk around on his earth doing whatever he's called us to do. And we're going to enjoy being on this new heaven and this new earth. It's going to be an exciting time. In Revelation 21, verses 2 and 3, we read about this. This is another thing that it's like, hmm, let me think about that one. And in verse 2, he says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Well, that's interesting. Coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, this is God speaking, I believe. Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. What a, what a blessed time that's going to be. You see in those verses that, that there's going to come down from heaven a great city. It's called New Jerusalem. I can't imagine how it's going to look. If, if God took six days to create this universe... And how beautiful it is and how great it is. How awesome will it be that he's been able to work on it for about 2,000 years? Think about that. Because you see in John 14, 2 and 3, Jesus says what? I have gone to prepare a place for you. He very easily could be speaking about the new heaven, the new Jerusalem that is being built up there. That's going to come down here. And it's going to be... Uh, the capital city. It's going to be the center of the universe. It's going to be where God's throne is right here on this earth in the new Jerusalem. It's going to be where Jesus is as Jesus directs us as we are living our lives in eternity. And he's going to direct us and how the work that we will be doing and how the play we will be playing and how we will be worshiping and Jesus will be on his throne directing us for an eternity. What a great time that will be. We, we see about New Jerusalem here. I don't want to spend much time on New Jerusalem. But if you're interested in what this great holy city, heaven that comes down from above, the heaven that was built up there and coming down here, you can read about it starting in verse 10 of Revelation 21. And it talks about some things, and we're not going to spend much time on this, but it talks about the size of the New Jerusalem. It talks about the dimensions of the New Jerusalem. It talks about, you've heard about the pearly gates, 
It's in there. The pearly gates are in there. It talks about the, the street of gold that runs right through the middle of the city of New Jerusalem. It talks about there'll be no temple, there'll be no sunlight because Christ is the sun that we need that illuminate that. You want to know what the new, new Jerusalem is going to look like? Chapter 21 and 22 will tell you what it's going to be like. We'll tell you what, what, what life will be like in terms of eternity as we live out here on the new earth. In verse 3 we see, and I love this, the best part of eternity, the best part of the new heaven and new earth, the best part of anything is this. It says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. How awesome heaven is going to be, how awesome this old earth is going to be, will not compare with the beauty of the tabernacle of God is among men. The tabernacle of God just talks of the, 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 the presence of God, talks of the splendor of God. And the Bible says in the new heaven, in the new earth, it says God in His presence will dwell among men. And like the song that we sang in Revelation 22, 4, it says, and we shall see Him face to face. What an awesome thing that will be when we see our Savior and our Lord face to face. You know, the presence of God is the most best thing that we can have for an eternity. You see, you see, men, men have always wanted the presence of God. Men might not acknowledge that. They might not say that they do. They might be running in the opposite direction, but... The Bible tells us that man desires the presence of God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, God has put eternity in our hearts. Every person has a calling in their heart that says, I desire the presence of God in my life. Even the most wicked people have that still, have that desire. And so many times people in this life, what do they do? They try to fill that void. If they, if they don't have the presence of God in their life, they want to fill that void with possessions and, and, and popularity and, and, and pleasures. And we know that, that that never works, does it? We know those things will not give you the satisfaction that you want. They will not give you the presence of God. Only, only God through His Son Jesus can ever satisfy us that longing for, for the presence of God in our life. In the new heaven and new earth, we will never have to worry about wanting the presence of God because that verse tells us what? That the tabernacle of God is among men. That's His presence. And He will dwell among us. And, and what else? And we will be His people. That's a pretty good thing right there, I'm going to tell you. We will have perfect fellowship with holy God. Perfect fellowship with holy God. You see, one of these days when that we reach that time, we will be able to talk and we'll be able to share with our Lord and Savior face to face. We won't have to be doing that praying anymore. We'll be able to speak to Him face to face in the new heaven, in the new earth. We will have fellowship and be able to commune with Him on a daily basis. Think about that. We will laugh and rejoice with them constantly in the new heaven. We will laugh and, and, and rejoice with our Lord and Savior constantly in the new heaven. We will praise and worship Him always. We will serve and work for Him 
gladly. We will have perfect fellowship with holy God. What a day that will be when we'll be able to see him face to face. And he directs us as we live our lives out. You know, I got to thinking about that. I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, things just don't seem to work right, do they, in in a a person's life? There are days I know that that maybe I know for myself and maybe for you that, that you feel distance or disconnected from God. And you've prayed about that, and you just, just nothing just seems to, seems to fit anymore, does it? Not a good feeling. Or maybe, maybe you are wondering why, God? Boy, there's one. Why, God? Why? God, I'm confused about what's going on here. I don't understand why. Or, or maybe you've even reached a point where maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're angry at him. God, what, what is going on here? Why? What? What is going on, God? I don't, I don't understand. I'm confused, God. I just don't get it, God. Maybe you're seeking uh, God's will in your life. Maybe you're wanting to go down a path and you don't know if it's right or not. I, I, I hope you pray this way. I hope you seek God in every decision that you make. And, and you're seeking God to take this path or take this choice in life, and you're, and you're wanting God to give us a direction. What do I do? Where do I go? Where do I plant myself? And it doesn't seem to get an answer. The answer is not coming. And you know, God, I'm trying to do your will, God. What? Where, what? And we begin to doubt God. And we begin to doubt his love for us. And we don't, we just don't choose to understand. And, 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 and maybe sometimes we get to like Jesus on the cross and he goes, Father, where are you? You ever been there in your life? Father, where are you? I, I'm hurting down here. I got this, God. I, I'm, I need some help, God. I'm hurting. Don't you get it? God, don't you love me? God, don't you care about me? And we get all these kind of emotions and these thoughts and, and, and we're living the Christian life, but we're struggling here. I mean, I'm here to tell you when we get to the new heaven and the new earth, you'll never feel distant or disconnected from God. You know why? Because he dwells among us. He's going to be right there. When we're wondering what direction to take and God's will in our life in the new heaven and earth, we will never have to worry about that. We will not have to know what path to take because he dwells among us and he will give us that kind of direction. We'll never have to doubt God and his goodness and his love for us because he dwells among us and we will be able to speak to him face to face. What a privilege that's going to be one of these days to be in the very holy presence of holy God. And we will understand, we will understand perfectly God's will for our lives. That's a good thing. This old, this old earth we got here, we can struggle. But one of these days when we're in heaven, we'll never have to worry about that. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says it this way, and I think it, it kind of sums that up really good. It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly. We just, we don't get it all. But then face to face. We don't see it now. We don't understand all of it now. But one of these days we're going to be face to face with our Lord and Savior. We're going to get it then. I promise you. Now I know in part. Yes. 
but then I will know fully. One of these days, we're going to understand how much God loves us. Did you know that? We, we maybe kind of get a glimpse here, but we won't know until we get there how much God loves us. We'll understand the price that God paid to put his son on a cross. We'll understand that. Well, yeah, we talk about it. We kind of get a piece of that today. But one of these days when we're seeing him face to face, we'll understand what it cost God to do what he did to his son. We will fully know how much God loves us. Going to be a good deal one of these days in the new heaven and the new earth when he takes away, purifies everything. And as believers, we're going to be with him. That's a great, great story right there. Real quickly, well, what does that mean? Why do we need to know that? Why would I, why would I be preaching on this new heaven and new earth? I mean, you can read about it in the Bible, I guess, and try to figure it out if you can. How do we apply it to us today? How do we apply this? Do you think, do you think he just he wants us to uh, just know a little of information? So here, here's, here's a little heads up, guys. This is what's going to happen eventually down the road somewhere. Take this information and do with it what you want to. Oh, maybe. Part of that could be yes. Okay, part of it could be. Could it be that he's trying to encourage us? That, he, that he's trying to encourage us and say, you know, I, I mean, this, might, this whole world might be crazy. But I've got a plan and nothing's going to stop this plan. And I want you to understand it might be, it might be bad down here, but I've got, got an ending point, And I've got a beginning point for you one of these days. And I want to encourage you with this information. And part of that would be, yes, I think so. I think that's what he wants. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it as we gain this information about a new heaven and earth. And I believe Second Peter 3.11 tells us the, the more that we need to know than just this. It says in, in, in 3.11, it says, since all these things are to be destroyed in that way, and that's the, the new heaven and the earth, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? I mean, that's, that phrasing is kind of, kind of interesting, isn't it? But what he's saying is, he said, yeah, all this is going to happen. We're going to remake everything. How are you supposed to be living and according to that is what it's saying. How is your life supposed to be different because one day there's a new heaven and a new earth? And he says two things right there, does he not? He said the first thing is, I believe you need to live holy lives. He said, I believe your life needs to be sanctified by God. Sanctified means to set apart. Sanctified means we are not to be, we're in this world, but we're not a part of this world. Our world is not to be like that. We are not to live like those who know no, no other way to live. We are to live differently, separated. We are to, our lives are to look like a godly life. Our lives are to be holy, the Bible says. And then it says another one, he says, we are to be holy, but we're also to be godly or godliness. We're to have a conscience awareness in our lives daily that God is with us. Did you know that? 
we are to live a life, the Bible will tell us, uh, just like Christ. Christ likeness. You see, we are supposed to, in our lives, to be able to live a life that Christ would have lived in us. We are to love like He does. We are to forgive like He is. We are to extend grace and mercy like He does. We are to be like Christ, be like Christ in our lives. And He says, you know, that's how we are to live. Yeah, remaking everything. But as we wait for that time to be called up, we are to live holy lives, separate from God, sanctified. We are to live godly lives, lives that look like Christ's lives. And the reason for that, yeah, the reason for that, why he wants us to live that way? Because the reason he's having to burn up and destroy the heavens and the earth was because of sin. And because of the evilness of man. And he's saying, Christian, friend, Christian believers, disciples of Christ, don't allow sin in your life. That's what's causing all this mess. Don't allow that. When sin comes into your door, resist it. Run away. Get rid of it. Draw near to God, the Bible says. But don't live a life, Christian friend, that has sin in it. And you pursue sin in it. And, and, and go in that direction. And, and that's what's causing all this anyway. He said, don't be that way. Man, you know, you know I'm going to remake everything. He says, man, live a, live a godly life. Live a holy life. Do the things that I've called you to do. And, and do those to the best of your ability through his strength. So that you can honor him. Don't be like the unbelievers who, who have sin and don't care. And he said, that's why we're doing all this in the first place. He encouraged us to live a holy life. I would encourage you to live it even if it wasn't a new heaven and earth coming. I would encourage you, if you've been born again, to live that way. Live a holy life. The Bible says, be holy just as I am holy, God says. He said, live a life that reflects Christ. And if it means you have to think about what heaven's going to be one of these days, so be it. But that's why I want you to live. That's who you are. You're not a, you're not a person of the world. You're, you are my chosen vessel who has been adopted into the family of God, who has been forgiven, who's been redeemed, who has been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. Christian, begin to live that way. Begin to live that way. This piano plays, Rhonda. What does the, the message say to you today? I hope you understand that, that the end times is, has nothing to be afraid of if you've been born again. There is nothing to be worried about. If we talk about burning up heaven and burning up earth, not going to bother you and I. Because it doesn't apply to us if we've been born again. If you've never been born again, it does apply to you. And it's not a pretty picture if you've never been born again. I would urge you today to think about the fact, have you ever been born again? Have you ever made Christ your Lord and Savior? Have you ever given your heart to Him? You can't get to heaven by being good 
having a lot of money, donating a lot of money, can't, that's not going to get you there. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I pray there's been a time in your life when you can go, yeah, that's when I did it. That's when I accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. I remember that. I remember mine. I was 12. It, that, that thought has never lost my mind when I walked down that aisle. I pray that you have had that moment when you did it. If you have not had that moment of accepting Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm afraid you might not be saved. You don't want that. You don't want that. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we begin the invitation time. I'm going to ask you to just let God speak to you. Born again believers, pray. Unbelievers, come accept Christ as Lord and Savior. We've got a great future out there. We've got a great eternity out there. You want to be a part of it. Let the Lord speak to you right now as the piano plays.